This is episode number one with personal trainer and entrepreneur, Derek Phillips. Welcome back to the Best You Podcast. My name is Nick Carrier, fitness trainer and business owner. We all go through life a little bit differently, but we all have one common journey, and that's the journey to become the best version of ourself. Each day, we try to upgrade ourselves. We want to be better today than we were yesterday. That's why each week, we bring you the tools and inspiration to help you become the best version of yourself and find your best you. Thanks for spending some time with me and Derek today. Derek has this contagious energy about him that allows everyone around him to elevate their game. He's been able to create this schedule for himself that truly aligns with his goals and his purpose, which is something that I think we could all aspire to create. Today, Derek and I talked about what it means to hustle with intention and how that minimizes distractions that we have on a daily basis. He also has this incredible ability to set goals and hold himself accountable to achieving them. If you're watching this on YouTube, give it a like and a comment, engage with me, subscribe there. If you're listening on iTunes, make a review, move this thing up the ranks. The more reviews you write, the more people get access to these tools, tips, and inspiration. But for now, it's time. It's time to work on being our best self today with the one, the only, Derek Phillips. All right, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to Best You. I got the one and only Derek Phillips with me here today. Um, I'm stoked to have him. Uh, so the way I want to start off with you today, Derek, is I think I've ho- heard your story once or twice before about uh, Mrs. Bill from grade school. So I want you to kind of tell everybody about that story and what that meant to you and how that brought you motivation throughout your life. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So that story was me back in high school. Because a teacher who, she wasn't a bad teacher, essentially. She just kind of had the wrong viewpoint of me. Now that I look back on it, she was a teacher that she was... um Really, she was a study hall teacher at the time, essentially. One of my best friends was in that study hall. I used to come in, talk to him all the time, joke, same personality, just didn't know how to harness my my energy, essentially, at the time. So yeah. back in the day, it could have been deemed as um, a deviant kid or somebody that um, didn't listen to authority or, or always need to talk. So that's who I was, essentially. But I used to come in, talk to him. And when I used to leave, he used to come back and tell me like, hey, she came up to me and told me, don't hang out with that kid. That kid's never going to be anything. That kid right there is kind of hitting down the wrong path. And it was like, it it hurt me a little bit. And he was very honest in saying like, hey, this is how they're viewing you. Essentially, let me tell you so we can either rectify the behavior or you can kind of continue being you. But you know, like, hey, these are, these are how these teachers are treating you and yeah. thinking about you. So for me, it was a way and fuel throughout my life to think back at that. Like, hey, these are people, these people are viewing me like this. I'm not a bad person. I'm just a very energetic, passionate person. I'm always kind of being talkative. I have to figure out a way to kind of be myself, but also not kind of um, not cater to people. So not care too much about what these people are thinking. You know what I mean? So it was able a way to harness it. And for me, it's fuel constantly thinking back to her saying that to my friend and realizing like that's not going to define me. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to use that as fuel to kind of go into the next level. So, yeah, yeah man. Miss Bill, thank you. I appreciate you, Miss Bill. <laughs> so knowing what you know now kind of about that experience, what would your conversation be like to your high school self um, about that situation? Yeah, just realize that um, – the story is never finished, essentially. Mm-hmm. So let's say you may, let's say an author is writing a book. I, I don't really think the story is ever finished. Let's think of Harry Potter. There's there's many layers to Harry Potter's story, essentially. And that's kind of my life. I didn't have it fully figured out at that time. So to judge a child 
at that age or to judge anybody at that age. You can't really get the full scope because for me, I didn't grow into my full self until I was 24, 25, 26, and I'm still constantly developing. So for me, looking back and telling somebody, hey, don't worry about what people are saying about you. Who are you inside? And constantly be trying to work on and improve yourself. Gotcha. Essentially. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, obviously, we can. a lot of people can tell you got this sense of urgency. You got this yeah. energy behind you. And I think that early on, it probably came from that. But I feel like you've probably kind of outgrown that to an extent. So where right now do you feel your sense of urgency comes from? My sense of urgency comes from the goals that I set for myself, essentially. So I... Every six months to even every three months, if you want to like really kind of scale it down, I set these goals that I have to hit and it kind of forces me to act with intent constantly. So that gives me urgency. So right now, be very transparent. My three goals is are to take my business down to Orlando. That's a that's a major market that I've been looking at. I've been eyeing for the last six to eight months. So that's that's a major goal. So right now, a lot of things I'm doing is geared towards that. Another one of my main goals is kind of get back to my own personal training. I've been building my business for so long, essentially. It's been kind of pulling away from what I really love, the individual training. So getting back to that, essentially. And another goal is to really be involved with my team members. So for a while, I had people in place like an operations manager, a team manager, things like that, that wasn't allowing me, was pulling me away from actually getting to know the people that are representing me in the community. So for me, that's another goal is getting really back in tuned and in the lives of the people that are representing my brand. So for me, that gives me the sense of urgency knowing I have to hit these goals essentially. Gotcha. If I don't have goals, I'm moving without a purpose. If I'm moving without a purpose, it's kind of like, what's the point? Yeah. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So how do you go about developing those goals? I think all those three goals are super in depth and you can tell that you're very passionate about them. And I think that you can't really come up with a passionate goal maybe right off the bat so how do you come up with developing the goal of i want to expand to orlando and i need to really focus on that personal training yeah well again how do i come up how do i take those goals it's really setting kind of the umbrella goals essentially for me i want to be able to develop a life for myself that i do not have to work if i don't want to work essentially Mm -hmm. everything i want to do I want it to be because I just love to do it. It's not yeah. because I'm chasing this income. So these goals that I'm creating for myself will allow me to kind of reach that potential. So my company needs to be where it needs to be, essentially, as far as the team members need to be, need to understand the goals, um, everything that I'm working towards, whether it's family members around me. So everything I'm doing needs to be kind of shifted towards these individual goals that kind of help me reach those umbrella goals. So for me, these small three to six month goals are really kind of small goals to hit these bigger goals. So okay. it's all attached. Everything I'm doing is attached. Mm-hmm. Yep. How did you develop this passion to create your business and create what it is? Yeah. Um, I think the passion that I have came from my family members. So growing up with my mom, my father's, my, my father's father, <laughs> um, sisters, they're all very passionate, energetic, and um, they love what they do. They have a love for life. And for me, that's kind of where it came from. As far as the entrepreneurship, my father's an entrepreneur. He grew up... Um, in North Philadelphia. So he's, so he all the, he always had to kind of create a way for himself, always be creative. He went to college, first person in his family to attend college. After that, <coughs> he went into teaching, taught for about three or four years. So went to college all this time 
to teach first person in his family to do it. So for him, he was in this very stable position with very, his whole family was looking at him like, oh, this is amazing. You're going to be able to help the family. So that was on his back. Yeah. He was like, you know what? This isn't for me going into this school nine to five. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to leave this profession that everybody around me is like pressuring me to stay in because it's secure and go start my own life insurance business. So oh, that's wow. what he did at the age of 27, 28. Mm-hmm. That's right when I was born. So for him to have new kids like freshly born my mom is like babe go chase your dream i understand we got these kids but we'll figure it out together he went and chased his entrepreneurial dream and and to this day he's still an entrepreneur with three businesses just grinding so for me that's where i got that from understanding that hey nine to fives that's not for everybody there's nothing wrong with that essentially Mm -hmm. but for me i'm a creator and i need to create so that's where i get the passion from the family the entrepreneur mindset to start this business came straight from my father, just awesome. watching the way he moves and seeing it. It's possible. Yeah, that's awesome. I think yeah. it's kind of the same way that I've kind of developed it because my dad is an entrepreneur as well, has, has had his own business. And I've seen that he wakes up at four o'clock in the morning and works his tail off and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And as an entrepreneur, you're always working, but you still can have a little bit more flexibility in kind of your timing. And I think that seeing that in him, always being able to come to all my sports games and seeing some of my friends, their parents not there. Every um, sports game, he coached <laughs> everything. So yeah. that gave the flexibility. I loved it. Mm. You know what I mean? He didn't have to be a multi, multi-millionaire. He was right. there every day before I went to school. When I got home from school, every sports practice, still creating his dream. So yeah. for me, man, yeah, that's a <clears throat> it was a great kind of um model to kind of be able to watch and then myself implement. So yeah, yeah man. I, I think I, I think I've seen one of your passions develop into public speaking. You do some public speaking within your business, you post motivational talks on your uh, social media posts and stuff like that. Have you always been comfortable with public speaking? I have not always been comfortable with public speaking, man. It's something that in my in my heart, I was comfortable with. Like, yeah. I know I want to get out there. I know I used to dance in front of the church, in front of everybody, <laughs> just like this active, energetic, one in the spotlight, essentially. But I had a bad stuttering problem growing up. So it literally, like, it stopped me from being able to say things I wanted to say. Like, I would, and I'm about to be very visual right now. <laughs> I used to <coughs> talk like this. I used to be like, hey, Nick, it, 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 oh, Nick. Wow. and it was so... Like it literally prohibited me and, and deterred me from reading in class. Like I would go tell the teacher before class, please do not call me. I would have my mom call oh my, my teachers. Like do not ask, do not let them call on me. You know what I mean? I would ask my basketball coach, wow. do not make me yell the play out. Like, can I please just hold up the number or you yell it out from the bench? So oh. I used to have to sneak behind like everybody else and be like, hey, please don't, please. You know what I mean? So it, it, it then made me like, okay, I got so many years of speech therapy. Like I cannot allow this to cripple me like that essentially so i had to take control of it so i mean and i still stutter i still stutter to, i'm stuttering right now essentially. like i still stutter to this day and for me it was just take like not letting that control me and trying to step out of that and realizing like okay everybody goes through something how do you fix this how do you make this better how do you um change the scope of your life because your life is being controlled by this like you're having to to have your mom call teachers having to tell your coach that you get like so that right there gave me enough confidence to say okay look i need to fix this so i had 10 years of speech therapy should i still like go online today and do speech therapy on my own to try to make sure that when i'm in front saying certain words or i'm or i'm speeding myself up because that was a lot of it back in the day not breathing like i used to just because i was so energetic i didn't know how to harness it and 
okay, this is what I'm like. That's how I had to like really like step <laughs> yeah, back and sure. like fix it because I didn't know how to control the energy. And that was the main reason why I was stuttering. So now I control it other ways essentially, but I'm able to just relax and just speak out. So no, I haven't always able been able to do it, but now you can't shut me up. Because yeah. now I'm like, now I know how to control it. So it's like, I'll just talk all day. Yeah. So, and it's like, go ahead. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Uh, yeah. When you do public speaking, mm-hmm. do you usually have consistent themes that you like to talk about or what do you try to get across to people is your biggest point? Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say necessarily having consistent themes that I like to talk about as far as like one or two, but there's definitely things that I go through in my regular life essentially so i like to pull it so whether it's um having the having the heart to take a risk essentially like that's something that i had to do like i had to go out and leave a fitness company that was amazing like that was that taught me a lot that that was kind of the reason why i was able to build relationships in the community and i had to go branch out on my own and i took that risk because it was something that i've been preaching like i've been telling people around me i need to do this essentially Mm -hmm. so just something like that um even the whole stuttering thing like making sure that you're not letting things in your life hold you back so whatever it is recognize it observe it kind of see what it is and then attack it like attack that mission so for me it's things that are going on in my life that i'm realizing and evaluating and then just speaking about because i recognize that a lot of people go through it like young black men like people in my community like people that look like me like for them it's for me, I see it being a little tougher for them, like than your mm-hmm. average white person in America, your average, you know what I mean? So for me, I always have to kind of show them like, hey, this is possible. Gotcha. You can do this. You can start your own business. Mm-hmm. Literally, I have it broken down to the numbers, how much it costs to create your own businesses, to have an LLC for business. So mm-hmm. those are the things that I like to talk about. Those are the things that I want to be able to give back to the community and show them like, hey, like, don't be held back. Don't have a glass ceiling on top of you. Right. So yeah, man, that's, yeah, I like to yeah, so, yeah, so you don't want to get too deep with it. <laughs> no, yeah, you're good. So what I'm hearing is you basically <laughs> kind of take your own experiences and try to find a way to best communicate that with others so that you can take what you've learned from your experience and they can go and use it and they maybe don't have to go through all the different obstacles and the failures that you've gone through. Yeah, and be honest with you, I don't even like I don't even see it as failures. Like, yeah. And they are obstacles, but it's things that really they're just learning experiences, things that kind of helped me kind of shape who I am now, realizing like, okay, because they weren't like super horrible things, but they were things that definitely made me feel less confident. And I had to recognize it, see what it was and adjust to it. And yeah, I definitely want to help people avoid some of the same mistakes that I have. But at the same time, I want people to go through mistakes. Like mistakes help you and mold you to who you are. Mistakes for me, I always look back at things that I messed up on and I appreciate those things because it's like, if I didn't do that, then it wouldn't scare me to do that. Right. It wouldn't like... it would push me to do that. So, yeah, man, mistakes are actually great. So I don't want to say too many mistakes, yeah. but... No, I yeah, understand. Man, I, definitely. I definitely, I've learned a lot from some of the mistakes just from doing this podcast. Just from you doing this, yeah, man. Um, oh, crap, what was I going to say? Um, oh, yeah. You said you took a huge risk in leaving that fitness, that good fitness company. Was that yeah. the biggest risk you've ever taken in your life? Um, I don't... Yeah, I think that was the biggest risk because I had found a career that I love. Like personal training gave me freedom. It gave me creativity. It gave me finances. It gave me new connections. It gave me new energy. It Mm -hmm. gave me basically everything I was looking for out of a career. And, And that place really taught me everything I knew. But at the same time, um, 
certain things are seasonal essentially so even if the season is two or three years everything's not meant to be forever and when you feel like you're no longer growing you no longer can learn from a situation or you or you just don't feel your value is being appreciated then you then it's time to make a move but like i said before like everything that i've learned up until that point so i left the company was from them so i'm forever appreciative and that place is results fitness mm-hmm. so we're very clear yeah. about that so yeah that's yeah man i um yeah. what do you think is the biggest thing that you learned from taking that risk um biggest thing i've learned from taking that risk and going out creating my own was anything is possible like and obviously what i did wasn't like going to the moon and traveling like neil armstrong but at the same time it was something that i've never thought in my life that people would want to like um fall in line with the dream that i've created essentially Mm -hmm. so yeah it it showed me that if you have your heart set on something and you truly believe in it and you um you work hard at it like anything is possible that you want to do yeah and i i I think that that. (laughs) i think that taking that risk one thing that i've thought about myself and actually really heard recently in a different podcast was that probably taking that risk and leaving that company created this sense of urgency and this sense of necessity that's like, okay, now I'm out of here and now I got to make it happen. And I know that when I left a couple of jobs that I've left, that it's like, okay, now I'm uncomfortable. Now I need to make it happen because if I don't make it happen, then there's, it's just, it's not going to happen. You know what I mean? So I think being able to create that sense of urgency for yourself mm-hmm. is so huge and what i like to say is i almost feel like everybody should be unemployed at some point in their life mm-hmm. not as like a wish a bad wish upon anybody but i think that creating an, an unemployment mind for yourself kind of lets the creative juices flow and get your ideas rolling about how you can make a change and how you can use what you're actually fired up about to benefit other people around you you couldn't said it better myself man you gotta pull out that rug Mm-hmm. pull the rug out a little bit and that's the comfort rug that's the rug of security and um kind of that comfortable lifestyle sometimes mm-hmm. you got to feel what the other side is like in order to create that sense of urgency for yourself that's why 2018 and after that is going to be the year or the the decade of the entrepreneurs the mm-hmm. people that come from nothing the people that come from not having a lot because those people have that um hunger built up in them the people that were born with it kind of I don't feel like they've been the best entrepreneurs, essentially. Not saying that they're not great, but the people that never had it, this is like, this is their time. Cause really, you can, if you're creative enough, anything can happen for you in these days using social media, using all these different platforms to create, man. So like it's even, it's, um, creating a very even playing field these yeah. days. And that's dangerous. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, no, anything, I agree. It, like anything can happen these days, man. So yeah. And, that's exciting. And you touched on the creativity part of it. I think that a lot of people hold themselves back by thinking they're not creative because, you know, we were, we're kind of built, brought up in society thinking you're creative if you're into arts, if you're into music, if yeah. you, that kind of stuff. But I think that holds us back and you really can be as creative as you allow yourself to be by putting yourself in uncomfortable situations and my own personal experiences. That's what's brought me out to be creative because I was never really like the artsy kind of guy and probably always thought myself as not as creative when I would write, go put down the personality sheets, like not creative is what I would probably put myself as. But putting myself in situations has allowed creativity to bloom out of those situations, which I think has been huge for me and I think probably for you too. Yeah, man. And I can think back to when I was a child, man, going to my... so. My grandma, she lived in, in, rest in peace, grandma. She actually just passed away about um, four weeks ago, actually. Mm-hmm. But um, 
man, she, we used to go to her house during the summertime, spend pretty much the whole summer with her. And she lived in Philadelphia, which she, at the time, I actually lived in the suburbs. My family, we moved out of Philadelphia, moved to the suburbs, and we wanted her to come. She never wanted to leave her area. She loved her area. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. She was there when it was, the buildings were created. It was a beautiful area. Long story short, it wasn't as beautiful at this time. So it was a low income Philadelphia at the time. And I wanted, like, I was a basketball player, so I always wanted to play ball, but we weren't going to put a basketball hoop out there because yeah. something was going to happen to it. Let's just say yeah. something was going to happen to the basketball court. So around there, man, all the kids would build, because nobody really had money around it, they would create these basketball courts out of these big milk cartons, essentially. They would, like, these, these like, crates. You know those crates that have, like, the, like, holes in the crates is, like, these boxes? Oh, yeah. So they cut the bottom of them out. They nail it to, like, this oh. wood backboard, yeah. put it up on a tree, right? And now there's a basketball court in the so you don't have it you have to create it and oh be, j- just being around that demographic and seeing the constant creation because you didn't have it because the mm-hmm. rugs been pulled under you for life yeah. it gives me that just motivation just thinking back at that like that's creativity at yeah. its finest like figuring you're out a way to be you're forced to be creative and you're forced to kind of make it work and then I mean yeah man so it's just everybody has it in them it just has to be pulled out of you essentially yeah. and certain people are just pure artists. Mm-hmm. And they just decide early on that they're just going to live that creative lifestyle. They're not going to let the nine to five or anything like that kind of prevent that. So yeah. yeah, everybody just has to find it, but everybody has it, man, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. Gotcha. <laughs> so one thing I thought was cool when you were talking about that the people created the milk carton and I guess a piece of wood as the backboard and the hoop. I think that that touches on something that I recently have learned about developing your passion. There's two types of mindsets that you can have towards passion and it's a fixed mindset thinking that your passion is kind of always in you and it's just going to reveal itself someday and then a growth mindset thinking that you can develop yourself and grow yourself and you know it's not necessarily that a passion is within you but maybe you can go find it mm-hmm. i'm not sure if i'm voicing it the best way possible what you but um the difference between those two is if you have a growth mindset and you perceive that there's going to be difficulty ahead of you, then you embrace that difficulty and you take on your passion. People who have a fixed mindset, if they perceive difficulty, they perceive that as, oh, maybe that's actually not my passion and I'm going to go do something else. And I think that's really cool because they wanted to play basketball. They were passionate about Mm -hmm. it. And so uh, there was difficulty behind it, but they just fixed, uh, found a way to fight through it and create that basketball hoop themselves. And I think that's a huge um, just kind of, that brings it together, yeah, it brings man. It that, together. that shows you like exactly like, and they had that mindset, not to just sit back. Oh, we can't, we can't afford a hoop, or our parents yeah. can't buy that for us this year. Or we're just gonna forget about it. Like, no. How can we create a basketball hoop? How we can make? How can we make this happen right here mm-hmm. without it being given to us? We have to create this now. So, mm-hmm. man, that's yeah. It 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 all ties together to that creativity yeah. making it happen when it's not being handed to you mm-hmm. essentially and. Yeah, and, and intentionally trying to go out and find that purpose or find your your passion instead yeah. of just sitting back hoping it comes to you yeah. one day. Intentionally yourself. Those are two types of people. Like mm-hmm. that person right there, at least they're thinking about maybe there's a passion out there, but they're not going to go find it because it's scary. Right. And it may not create income for them. So mm-hmm. they don't want to go do it. The other person is like I'm trying to live my best life. Yeah. I need to find my passion. I need to find my purpose here. And once I find that, everything else will figure itself out because right. that'll guide me. You know? Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, man. That's so, I think a lot of I think a lot of successful people and a lot of entrepreneurs too have 
moments in their life, that these aha moments that mm-hmm. they can always go back to and be like, I remember exactly where I was when I thought that or when I felt that and there was some kind of mindset shift or some kind of realization. Mm-hmm. Do you have any mo- these aha moments that you can go back to and remember, I read that or saw that and I had a mindset shift or a realization towards something? Hmm, it's a great question, man. Um, I think it's it's been more over a period of time. Got so it. it wasn't necessarily a one situation that made me say, uh-huh. But realizing once, like um, I would say our official launch party. So the City Fit launch party was really when I saw City Fit bloom. Because before that, it was our company is a little spread out as far as being all around the community. So you never really see it all together at once like a Orange Theory where you work at per se or a um, Gold's Gym where all the trainers are in there together. So for me to really see the company, all the trainers together, people from the community coming out and supporting, videographers there, like newscasters coming, it really showed what the City Fit brand was and what I could create essentially like Mm -hmm. any and that's what i felt anything was possible because for a while man after college i studied sociology which was amazing but it wasn't a a career that was going to generate a whole bunch of money for me and i also was kind of lost after college not knowing what i wanted to do with that so for somebody that went to school played some ball after that was kind of lost for a little while studied something that he kind of picked when he was 18 but by the time he was 22 it wasn't really something that he thought he really wanted to do for his whole life like and then redefining having to think back those nostalgic thoughts thinking back who i was as a kid what i love to do be fit run be active um have energy so for me i had to like pull things that i did as a child and really kind of before society's pressures and the norms became like what I wanted to do. Like because society, you have to go to college. You have to pick a career that's in college. You have to do this. I decided like, okay, let me see what I really loved before society gave me those pressures. Found that, kind of brought that with me into my 24, 25 year old years and then developed who I really was. Then really dug deep about who, like had to think deeper. Like who am I? Like and boom, like this is how it came about. Like Mm -hmm. me just kind of thinking back just what I really love, man. One thing I've seen you talk about lately is, and in before, is that you picked (laughs) out this apartment that you wanted for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. You you live there now? Is that that right? Well, where I actually live now is not so, what I told myself, I needed to be at like the 30th floor by the time I was 31. Okay. So right now I'm standing on the 20th floor. So I was was on the third floor when I wrote that post, right? Yeah. No, second floor. Okay. Right now I'm on the 20th essentially, which is, that's here nor there it's funny you brought that up (laughs) but no by the time I was 31 that's what it like by my 31st year so Mm -hmm. not the day I turned 31 but during that year I wanted to be able to purchase a condo in the sky on the 30th floor now now that I live on the 20th floor that's kind of high I'm realizing I was speaking (laughs) you know what I mean so maybe the 22nd 23rd but yeah man setting that very intentional goal and I will get to that Mm -hmm. there's no question about it so for me it's just figuring out constantly new ways to kind of make sure that I get to that, but also not letting that just direct my life. Like right. making sure that I hit that goal, but also making sure there's other things that need to happen and everything else. So, mm-hmm. you know, so yeah, man, that's definitely something that <laughs> no, yeah, I think, I think that you were looking mm-hmm. for something to hold yourself accountable, right? That's You're it. Like at this point, at this point in time, I need to live at this place. So that's really, you know, whether it's the 20th, 30th floor, was it? Whatever. Isn't like, 
the biggest the biggest uh, part of it. Exactly. You know, it's not in the details. It's about the what you were going for. And the reason I really wanted to bring it up is recently I heard somebody who, you know, you hear a lot of people talk about how they wanted to buy their mom a house or mm-hmm. they buy their mom this or that to take care of them because they weren't as fortunate growing up. And I heard somebody talk about how he didn't have the money to be a homeowner or to purchase a house. And he went out with his mom and they went to this house and said, mom, you're going to have this home in 90 days Mm -hmm. and not having the money to do it yet. But being able to have that accountability to his mom and have it very concrete and visible made it so they had that sense of urgency and that sense of necessity to make it happen. I think that's kind of what you created for yourself by picking out that apartment saying, I need to be here by this. And putting it out to the community. That's the thing. Like it's different when you write it in your notebook, you peek at it every once in a while, but when you put it out and you know, people can see that if it doesn't happen by 31, I put it out there to the world Mm -hmm. essentially. So that gives me that extra sense of like, I gotta make this, you know what I mean? And I'm cool with the pressure. Cause that's, I mean, at this point, like I embrace the pressure cause that's the only thing that really like gets me pressure, like helps me to push myself. And if you don't find what drives you, if you don't find what pushes you, then you'll never really hit your goals. You know, yeah. you got to find what, cause anybody can set a goal, but what's pushing you towards that yeah. goal? What do you want? What do you want to achieve? Whether it's money, whether it's fame, whether it's, um, peace of mind, whether it's, um, you want a man, you want a, whatever it is, a woman, whatever it is, you need to have some type of drive behind. It. Yeah. 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 Who do you think you're, who's been your most influential person in, uh, in your life up to this point? My father. No yeah. question about it. No question about it. Where he came from, kind of where he, where he, um, like where he came from, the situation became the only person from his area, from his family to go to college to be, um, he played tennis in college. So where he's from, tennis is, Nobody plays tennis. Yeah. You know what I mean? Tennis team in college. He created, he started, he was the president of the fraternity in his college. So the first person in his college to be an Omega sci-fi. He created the fraternity. Now it's a huge, one of the biggest fraternities in his college, the Division II school, Mansfield University. From that, had kids, man, decided with kids, decided to leave his profession, to trust himself and to be the best person, the happiest person. He wasn't going to be a happy dad if he was going to that job he didn't want to every day. You know what right. I mean? So for him to be his best father, he needed to do something that was going to make him happy essentially would then trickle down to the kids Mm -hmm. and for me that's the blueprint he took our family from one social social economic status to another essentially and then my job i feel like is to kind of take our family from this social economic status Mm -hmm. to the next one essentially so for me it's about generational wealth and watching him change the dynamic of our family brand and me kind of taking that on to the next step essentially gotcha so So, do you think he's been so influential because you felt like he's exceeded his expectations Absolutely. I feel like I I haven't done much because he laid the foundation. Like I'm literally looking at his blueprint and using his blueprint. So the thing I got to do different is just take it up another notch, yeah. essentially, because he already kind of laid the blueprint for so me. So what does so, that blueprint look like? <clears throat> blueprint for me means never hustle with intent. Yeah. Make sure you put your family first because okay. they're the ones that will always be there for you, essentially, no matter what, no matter what happens. Those are people that you can call when something happens. And no matter how much you don't, like arguments, whatever happens, when something really bad happens, those are the people you call right away, essentially. Okay. So those are the people in your corner, man. And make sure that you just, I mean, you just don't stop. You just continue to hustle, man. Okay. Like continue in that's very bland, but that's real. Like continue yeah. like with the intent, 
but just hustle, 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 and things will happen for you, man. Yeah, well, I think that phrase that you said was key, hustle with intent. So what do you, what does that mean to you? So for me, man, that's, that's like moving, moving, moving fast. Like, cause he always tells me, he always tells me, man, um, move fast, but don't be in a hurry. So I'm moving fast, but I'm also doing it with very clear, intentional goals. So I'm making things happen. I'm not pausing. I'm not putting it off to tomorrow. I'm not putting it off to next month, next week, next year. Like, no, I'm going to make this happen. I'm going to move at a pace where that I want my life to move at, essentially, but also very intentional. So everything I'm doing is for, um, for this umbrella goal. To really hit these goals. So, mm-hmm. yeah, man, like that intentional part is everything because everybody can hustle. Gotcha. Yeah, but you run around with your, like a chicken with his head cut off. It's like, what are you really yeah. trying to do? You're no, just 100%. training. Like if you're a personal trainer and you're just training all day, like what's the goal? What are you yeah. trying to get to? How much are you trying to earn? What are you trying to get your schedule to look like? What do you What do you want out of your client? So, yeah, man, mm-hmm. with the intent, bro. Yeah, one yeah. thing I'm taking away from the hustle with intent is something <laughs> that I've kind of thought about. I think I maybe posted about one time is – a lot of people feel that they're busy, mm-hmm. and but I think there's a difference between being busy and being productive. Like you can sit down at your desk or whatever you're wherever you're working, mm-hmm. and you can do stuff for two hours, but you know every 10, 15 minutes you pull up your phone and scroll through social media for exactly. five or ten minutes. So I think that being able to kind of get yourself away from that distraction and have so much intent with how you're going to go about your work yep. makes the huge difference in between not being just busy, but being actually super productive and going towards where you want to go. Yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, and sometimes I do that. Sometimes I'll sit down at my computer. Oh yeah. No, I'm not saying I'm great at it. And I'll watch sure. ESPN YouTube videos for an hour and a half. I'm like, oh, I'll put in three hours of work. Like, no, mm-hmm. you didn't. You put yeah. in an hour and a half of work Yeah. and you watch Alan Iverson crossover videos for the <laughs> next day, half an hour, yeah. hour and a half, man. But yeah, yeah, I definitely have to. That's just being honest with yourself, being very honest, and just and that's one thing I'm getting better at. Because because for a while growing up, man, I wasn't honest with myself. I would tell myself things to make myself feel better inside, and not really being D. You didn't study as hard as you can for that test, D. You didn't work as hard as you can before that basketball game, which is why you didn't hit that goal, D. You didn't treat that young lady right, which is why she walked out of your life. Okay. Like instead of like. Not owning things. Yeah, I'm becoming very better. I'm not very better. A lot better at just saying, shit, that was on me. I'm going to adjust that so that does not happen again. And if it does happen again, I know that wasn't me because I've been working on trying Mm -hmm. to make those things happen. Being honest with yourself, even in business, Mm -hmm. it's making me like better at what I do because I'm looking at everything for exactly what it is. Instead of putting my own little narrative like, oh, it could could be like that let me let me wait like no it's it's like that gotcha like, it's so like that. so what i'm hearing mm-hmm. is that you're doing a better job of not being externally reactive towards what's going on but being kind of internally reflective on kind of why this thing happened and what maybe i could have done differently to adjust that situation or adjust the result yeah man uh, yeah yeah so that's, just looking that's at cool. it for what it is mm-hmm. and yeah and evaluating it yeah. and trying to just be better that's yeah. it just trying to be better Cool. One thing I've yeah. talked to you about before and the uh, phrase that you used mm-hmm. is how you think you feel you have unrealistic confidence for yeah. yourself um, yeah. and kind of what you want to accomplish. Talk to me a little bit about that. Yeah, man, that unreal <laughs> that unrealistic confidence mean me walking around like I mean shit. <laughs> unrealistic like let's just let's just say this like I think I'm super fly. Like I think <laughs> I think I'm like like model type, and that's oh, unlike Lord. that's unlike nobody's ever told me yeah. I look like a model. Yeah, like look like, but I in my head 
think that. Like, right. I walk around with that confidence. Because, yeah. And I mean, nobody's ever told me that. Like, you know, yeah. nobody say, Derek, you should model. Mm-hmm. Like, nah, I don't get that. You know why? I don't know why. Probably because I don't know that. But I had that unrealistic confidence that like when I walk into a room, I'm fly, man. I don't mm-hmm. care. Like all the fellas like, yo, I want that shirt. I want them kicks, yo. Yeah. So, and that's just me. So me, and it's, it's weird. It's like, but I feel like it helps me because then yeah. I walk around like saying that all the time, but in my head, that's how I walk around, man. Like same thing, like creating this business. Like I had in my heart, like people are going to want to deal with my yeah. brand. People are going to want to, and it may have been unrealistic, but I believed it so much that it made people in the community believe it and yeah. realize, you know? So for me, that unrealistic confidence, man, can take you to the next level. Because mm-hmm. if you believe it, people have no choice but to start to believe it. You know what 100%. I mean? Like they have no choice. If you just constantly just, yo, this is what we're pushing. This is what I believe in. This is what I'm doing. Watch us do it. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, it's like, shit, they're just, like, you got to believe them now. Like yeah. they're doing it. So yeah, man, that's that's that unrealistic confidence. And, and I've realized that's kind of a manifest destiny thing. Right. Like you got unrealistic confidence. Eventually, you're going to make that happen just because you're just, you believe in it so much yeah and it can yeah. probably come across to some people as maybe cocky not yeah, uh, maybe definitely. if they don't it can and it does come you. across as, as cocky at times mm-hmm. and but i think what it really what it what is huge about it and why it's a game changer for you is that you believe so much in yourself wholeheartedly because you're doing something that you absolutely love mm-hmm. that you portray your confidence in a way that everybody's like okay he's confident in himself he mm-hmm must know what he's doing. I want to be around that because maybe I don't feel that way. And a lot of people can second guess themselves and not uh, reflect that confidence. And it's going to show other, other people are going to see that they're second, other people are second guessing themselves and be like, okay, maybe I don't need to be around them for whatever reason. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a huge attractor for other people uh, to want to be around you more. And I think that's probably one of the reasons that I probably brought you on this interview to you know, show off your confidence and everything like that. Oh, so. shit. Appreciate <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Now, I'm giving away his, I'm giving away his unrealistic confidence, right? I'm giving him too much, too right? much, like, uh, damn, too much credit. Away. Nah, man, I really appreciate you, man. I appreciate you with what you're doing. Like, um, really kind of asking the questions that people need to, need to, like, they, they need the answers to these questions. And right. you're providing a platform for people to be able to kind of um, answer these questions and for the community to soak in these answers. And you're going to help a lot of people because these are things that people struggle with every day. Like, a lot of people went to college for things that now they're like, shit, like, that's not really what I want to mm-hmm. do. And it's not it's not a bad thing. Like, we, we get put in a position to pick what we want to do forever at 17. Right. Like, so for me, that nobody should be making a decision what they're going to do forever at 17. So for me, man, it's, it's being able to just what you're doing just motivate the people out there man and you're creating a platform for us to do it you're doing an amazing job bro. <laughs> love it love yeah, it man so one of the questions i want to ask uh, before the end is that so you just turned 30 right yes yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just turned 30 big 3 uh and big 3 it came out of nowhere. Just slap me in the back of my neck, please. <laughs> yeah, it did come out of nowhere, didn't it? So, in 10 years, you're going to be 40. You're to make it that much better. Um, but you said nine, nine years in like 300 some days, oh, right? Man. Damn. Well, and you have already preached on how you set goals for yourself and you have things that you want to create. You have things that you want to accomplish and put out in the world. Yeah. So, what is 10 year, 40 year old? 
uh, Derek Phillips look like? What have you done? What have you accomplished? Yeah, man. 10 years from now, first thing I want to do is be able to really take care of my family. So that's a huge goal. So my family doesn't really need to be taken care of. They've been taking care of me their whole life, but I want to put them in a position where they don't have to do things that they don't want to. Okay. Like a lot of things DJ can take. And, 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 sorry. DJ is a name that I grew up with. I'm Derek Jr. Yeah. So everybody called me that growing up. So that's how okay. they call like me that. It. So that's, I want DJ wants to be able to take care of everybody, essentially. So that's one huge goal. And that's an umbrella goal. So in order to hit that, in order to do that, the goals under it essentially have to be very clearly defined. So me, I want to be able to have City Fit all over the country, providing fitness and wellness in hotels, residential buildings, on cruise liners. Um, we want to be in um, different um, like spy resorts. If you go to on the islands, Dominican Republic, places like that, really put City Fit in these luxury models, man. Even shoot, even have City Fits on some planes, personal trainers. Like planes are getting crazy these days, man. That's so sweet. yeah, so that's where that's going to be, man. And that's more of a business goal. Yeah. I have another couple of companies that I want to create that I'm not going to talk about as much yeah. here until I actually kind of um, become those something. square. Yeah. And until those get squared away man and create a family for myself so really um have have a couple children i want two or three kids man and it's 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 getting close to that time where that's gonna come so by the time i'm 40 i want to have about two or three children um want to make sure that my family can be taken care of by me and i also want to make sure that the company that i'm currently working on right now is where it needs to be as far yeah. as like spread the way it is and really organize fine-tuned and meet being able to pursue the other business ideas that I want, man. Gotcha. So, yeah, that's, that's it awesome. right there, bro. Those are some damn good goals. Well, before I ask the last question, I want, you, I want to acknowledge you for a second for your energy and your enthusiasm and your passion because I don't think anybody has this much uh, urgency and passion doing something they don't want to do. So I think that's very apparent. And for wanting to give it back to mm -hmm. others, being able to show them the way about how to do it, um, to go about it the right way, um, and everything like that. So I think that's just like really cool and really awesome and something yeah. that's super unique and you don't see it very often because I don't think people chase their passion and their energy as much as people like you do. So that's really cool. Appreciate that. Um, but before I ask the last question too, I want you to tell everybody where you find you online, social media, yeah. give a quick 30, 60, 30, 60 second pitch about City Fit Concierge. So go ahead yeah. and do your thing. So quickly, guys, me, obviously I'm Derek Billups, um, owner at City Fit Concierge, but I try to get away from just saying Derek Billups, owner at City Fit Concierge. Yeah. Me personally, guys, I'm a guy that loves family. A guy that's really into sports. Um, I love reading recently. Um, I like eBooks more, like things that kind of read back to me. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I love to travel. As far as my business, I started about a year and a half ago. We're a residential on-site fitness and wellness company. We were teaching about 80 classes a month back in December. Now we're doing over 140, 150 a month, essentially. Wow. So really trying to change the game, guys. And I'm a very unconventional person. If you see visually, if you look at this, you'll probably like look at me, see I'm a little unconventional for business owner, guys. And also my business model is very unconventional, down to our team members. So so, yeah, just trying to constantly change the game. That's one of the huge goals for me. Change the game. Don't don't just do it because it was the way it was done for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. There's always there a new way that can be that there's a new way things can be done, guys, and being creative and using the creativity that we all have inside of us. So, Gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, that's man. that's fire right there. <laughs> um, so the last question I ever I always yeah. ask everybody is and I, the, you know, the podcast and the company's name is Best You. I'm yeah. very intentional and very purposeful about wanting 
everybody to be their best version of themselves, the happiest, healthiest version of themselves as they mm-hmm. can be so they can go out and live their best life. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a constant journey. I think we try to better ourselves every single day. Um, sometimes that works out better than, than other days. Mm-hmm. But I want to ask for you personally, if you could do or work on three things to become the best version of yourself, to become the best Derek Billups there is, what are those three things that you could do or three things that you could work on? Three things that I could work on. Absolutely. Um, number one is my body. So continuing to treat my body like a temple, the temple that it is, treat myself like a king. So essentially making sure that I put the right foods um, into my body, making sure that I'm drinking the right stuff, making sure that I'm exercising regularly. And that may sound very like cliche, but making sure that you take care of your body and mind. Make sure you mm-hmm. take care of your mind. Everything inside this temple of yours, a temple of mine making sure that that's taken care of essentially um number two and hold on read back that like yeah overall no, you're question good. one more time just that three things that you can do and work on to become the best version of yourself and i just exactly. prefaced it with i think it's a constant journey we try to better ourselves each and every day mm-hmm. so what are three things that you could do to make that happen yeah absolutely so that was the first one and the second one is just being more disciplined so being very disciplined in just the way that First off, treat my body, discipline in the way that I'm treating the people around me, discipline in the way that I'm tacking my goals, discipline in the way that um, even down to just waking up in the morning, making sure that everything that I'm doing is kind of very in line with the goals, essentially. And that's going to take discipline for myself and sacrifices. So those two go along with each other, having the discipline and sacrificing things to make sure that these things happen the way I want them to happen. And the sacrifices don't ever have to be stuff that completely just like change your life for the bad because that means whatever your goal is that stuff isn't meant for you Mm -hmm. like because that's the process to get there so for me man it's the discipline and then having those sacrifices and then lastly man i would say just it's important to surround yourself around people man that truly engage you and make you like this better person so that's family members that's friends that's mentors that's team members that's people like you like everybody that that not 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 that not necessarily just wants to see you win, but wants to see you just be great. So winning and I feel like being great is totally different. You can win once or twice. I feel like when you're great, you're great forever. Like you're great mm. essentially. So they want to like help you work on yourself, not just these one or two minor victories. Like they're okay. constantly trying to like give you pointers and even visually, like just being around people. Like man, guys in the community, like and like guys like Chad Wallers, guys like um shoot. Girls like Ashley Bassett, like yeah. people around me that I know have these bigger goals, man, and that I need to make sure that I can soak up kind of what they're up to and it rubs off on me and it just makes me better. So, yeah. Boom, that's awesome. Great yeah, three. Well, that's, that's all we got, man. I appreciate you coming in. There you have it. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Now it's time to act. Leave a like and a comment on YouTube. Subscribe to that page. If you're on iTunes, leave it a five-star review. Help the show move up the ranks so more and more people can get access to it. Feel free to take a screenshot of this episode and let me know you're listening on Instagram. You can go support Derek by following him on Instagram at Derek Billups and learning more about his business at CityFitConcierge.com. Just remember, you can always outdo expectations that others set for you. Don't let negative expectations set by someone else hold you back from accomplishing what you want to accomplish. Thanks so much for listening. Keep taking consistent action every single day. Now it's time to go out and upgrade yourself today to get closer and closer to your best you.